Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. We have a special guest today from the East Coast. What really blows me away with these guys is that within a short period of time, they've really systemized the business for wholesaling, right? Wholesaling is, it's not just real estate. It's really focusing on your marketing. You become excellent, excellent marketers. And these guys have broke over a million dollars in gross sales and profits coming in each and every year for the last two years. And it's just the beginning, right? Like the first, you know, starting any business, right? Any new partnership and so forth. It really starts off with the foundation and a lot, a lot of learning curves. These guys have invested in themselves and their equipment and their background and their software and so much more to be able to get around high level people to really help cut that learning curve tremendously. And just proud to be able to get within their circle as well. And we connected at a mastermind group that we're all a part of for real estate. And I was just blown away by these guys. So really excited to be able to have both Alex and Chris on today to be able to pour into you guys. And as always, you guys should definitely reach out to both of them afterwards and really be able to pick their brain. But make sure you have your notepads out today. They're going to be dropping some bombs for you to be able to help take action and really catapult your business. So without further ado, what's up, fellas? How are we doing today? What's going on, man? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Well, yeah, man. So talk to me. You guys started off really, I, I wouldn't say corporate world, but like you're working and then something really inspired you guys both individually, separately to get involved in real estate. And then somehow a partnership came about from it. Do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view why real estate for you guys and how the partnership came about? Yeah, definitely. I can speak to that. And uh, Chris, feel free to add in, interrupt at any time. But I was a realtor for about six years. I've done some you know, base level investing over the last decade, just small stuff, kind of getting into some deals with friends. Chris and I, met through uh, fitness. We were uh, both doing competitive CrossFit. That's how we met. That's how we knew each other. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Love me Chris, some CrossFit. Uh, That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, Chris man. relocated uh, Charleston, North Carolina. We're both from Maryland. So that's how we met in a gym in Maryland. Cool. And from there, uh, you know, Chris would always reach out and kind of share some ideas. He was in the corporate world. I've always been self-employed. So I own and operate a private training studio, fitness studio, and I've been a realtor as well. So Chris knew I had some background in you know business and in real estate, and he'd always like throw out ideas to me just that he had going in his mind, and we you know bounce ideas off one another. Lo and behold, he found wholesaling, got himself involved in wholesaling, started in Charleston a few months prior to approaching me about starting in the Maryland marketplace, which we did a few months later, and then here we are coming up on uh, year two, if you will, almost finishing our second year. And we're you know streamlined partners in the Charleston metro market and then the DC Baltimore metro market. So that's kind of the thirty thousand foot view of how it all came together. Yeah, Chris, you have anything to add to that? Like your background a little bit more, or and what you guys have accomplished at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean everybody starts for different reasons in different ways, and so it might be cool to kind of share that a little bit. But I had actually. I'd gotten into, you know, listening to bigger pockets, all that yeah. other stuff. And 
I had bought a property from another wholesaler and it actually ended up doing really well. Sold it about a year later for, you know, about 40K in profit. But was bought, that a, intended for strictly just a fix and flip? It was intended as a rental because it was yeah. occupied. It was like I bought it for like 140 and it was renting at 1800 a month. And so it was pretty good cash flowing property, used other people's money for it, oh, yeah. uh, down payment and everything. But I bought that property from a wholesaler, right? And they made 20 grand off of me for that property. And so I signed the contract and I was like, wait a second, this is <laughs> this is nuts. Like, I don't care. I wasn't offended in any way, but I was like, that I need to start, I need to start doing this. So yeah, I mean, you're looking at your numbers and you're like, bro, I'm about to make this much and my numbers are good, but this guy's getting even, you know, he's in yeah. and out. So can you imagine if you cut that middleman out? Yeah, a hundred percent. So the funny part is I go to that wholesaler and about this this is about five months later I ended up starting, but I, I start picking his brain and teaming up with him. And that's kind of how I ended up, you know, starting in my market with my own marketing channel with text message marketing, which we still do, you know, pretty rampantly to this date and have kind of perfected that. But it's just like, you know, it's just funny as well, just the relationships that can carry you to to where you are. And that, that's kind of how it, it got started in Charleston. I was able to connect with Alex and we kind of blew it up there too. So I love it. So with the partnership, talk to me about the good and the bad with partnerships, because a lot of people naturally jump into partnerships. In my opinion, my two cents behind this, they jump in too quick. And I've done that in the past. I felt like you know I was missing something. I wanted somebody else to compliment it. I partnered up with the wrong person or they didn't compliment the opposite of what I was like not good at, right? And then there's other like magical ones like you guys for instance like really work out well or at least seems that way. So, we'll see if I <laughs> hopefully, you know, we're not spicing it up right now, but there's certain partnerships that I've noticed in the boardroom for example that like just work out so well. And yeah, so it, it's a special thing when you find that other person that compliments each other. How did it work out for you guys? Chris, you want me to speak first or yeah, I think it's, yeah. go for it and I can, I can tag yeah, along. So, you know, first of all, it's, it, you know, you have to be an open book with your partner. Obviously, you know, we talk on a daily basis Yeah, try to minimize it some because it can get overboard if you're not, you know, mindful. So, you know, for example, there we'll use our communication platform from our company and not text each other at certain times just to try to keep business business. Obviously, the lines get blurred when you're running an organization doing deals. It's just how it goes. But trying to keep certain things separate, I think at the beginning of it all, really, you have to trust in in your vesting in your partner's integrity in the, in the partnership as a whole. So having you know, you need to trust that partnership and that person you're you're coming on board with because there's a lot to it. Obviously, our families depend on us. So yeah. Chris is someone whether I like everything he does or not, is someone I trust. And I think he's a good man. And, and those type of things, you know, no matter what you go through, because there will be ups and downs. Yeah. You're working with someone on a day in day out basis, just like in a way it's like, you know, you say it's uh, marriage, you know, to some extent, obviously yeah. when you're with your spouse all the time, there's going to be communication flaws. There's going to be things that need to be improved upon. I think that's always the case, but as long as there's respect and mutual respect and trust, those are the type of things that kind of push things along. And as we all know, you know, I mess sayings up all the time, but 
you know, two people can go further together, especially when we're, we're complementing each other and, and helping each other grow together with the same common interests. Yeah. Like, do you guys, would you put anything, any like tips or tricks behind this to just add on to that for any listeners that are kind of wanting to run into a partnership? Well, I was going to add this too. The the reason why I connected with Alex to begin with and he came to mind is because I trusted him. And the reason for that is because we had done fitness competitions in the past and we just yeah. kind of knew each other and we were so engrossed in fitness together. There's a, there's a different level of trust um, yeah. for those people. And so I connected with him, knew he was a realtor. And so there's a really good foundation between us before we even got together in a partnership, which obviously that foundation is is pretty valuable you you always you always want to create that if you don't have it and not jump in i'm one to not read people as well as alex can read people and i yeah. fully, i fully admit that so i actually i've i've learned to lean on alex for for feedback on on people sure uh, the body I'm language more, and everything right <laughs> yeah good. i'm more like i can close a deal and you know get on the phone with a seller but like I'm a lot more gung-ho and, you know, from a trust aspect can miss some nuances there. But I would say as partnerships unravel and stuff like that, as your business grows, you're going to create different systems and processes in your business. And you really need boundaries between each other as well at that point too, because like Alex and I have taken our communication to our communication platform for so much of what we say, because so we're not texting each other at 10 p.m. and and when somebody just needs some space or you know just stuff like that. So yeah, do you guys have like work hours that like, bro, don't don't hit me up after this, you know, please. I think anyone listening, you know, we all try to be mindful of you know the family time, you know, and things like that, and keeping certain things separate. But when you're self-employed and entrepreneurial, I know we all are trying to get out of the grind, if you will. Yeah. But naturally, we all kind of grind, so. You do what you have to do. To you hustle hard in the beginning, especially so in the beginning, I, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So like, I think that's instilled in me, at least I can say. So and that's something I'm working on, trying to keep things separate. Um, yep. But nevertheless, you, you know, especially in year two of business, you have to do what you have to do to get it done. So yeah, that's kind of the mentality. We tend to take the weekends a little lighter on the workload when a lot of our VAs are off. Okay. So it's a little more time for us to just have that individual and, and private time, if you will, where we don't have to constantly communicate. So yeah, I'd say weekends are a little lighter in that respect, but no real hours. Chris and I both wake up early back to his point on how we met and got into fitness. We're both competitive by nature. Yeah. And so now you have two competitive people that are working together for the same common goal. So like, that's one thing. And another thing is, you know, I, I use the analogy a lot, but when you do competitive CrossFit, for example, and again, it's not one of my goals right now. My goal is, you know, for, on professional stuff, real estate investing. But when someone can pick up a heavy barbell, when their heart rate's running through the roof and you're picking up 225 pounds multiple times, yeah. you know, that's hard. That's uncomfortable. Like picking up the phone and calling a seller, not very uncomfortable, pretty easy, you know? So, yeah. and again, to get that uncomfortable day in and day out with your workouts, yep. that carryover to having the discipline in work and professional side of things is a lot easier because you already have a high level of discipline yeah. that you work with on a day in and day out basis. So it carries over well. I think there's something special too, like when you're doing physical activities and you're, you have a competitive spirit and like you have to be in, 
like not all CrossFit is like you're in partners, but in certain workouts, like you'll, you'll join up in like partner stuff. So I think there's like something special behind that. I've been in other mastermind groups where we do like a group activity of something physical that it just creates that bond even stronger that you can trust, rely. And like you guys said, like really starting off with the character, like if you know they're, they're a good man or woman and they're not going to break that character, then you can start relying on them for certain things and then just really determine like who's got the strengths and who's got the weakness in certain aspects of the business and try to complement each other on that. Um, my biggest learning curve in the past was contracts. <laughs> kind of like Chris, maybe like judge of character. Certain people can put a, on a great persona and maybe I didn't do enough due diligence because I was gun ho to rock and rolling and start getting this thing going. But I should have really sat down with a lawyer maybe and like I have with other partnerships and really make sure that all the fine, all the worst of the worst, you know, conversations of what ifs, those we're talking about up front. So that's my two cents on it. I love your guys' feedback though as well. Talk to me, what does the whole business look like at a standpoint currently? You know, for anybody listening that wants to get started into wholesaling, the day-to-day like from A to Z, a rough, I know there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, if someone's starting, I personally would recommend don't try to do it all yourself. You need yeah. to make investment in at least having one virtual assistant or at least having, you know, some type of team behind you to do some of the tasks that are, you know, $10 an hour tasks to make yourself available for the higher, you know, revenue tasks. So, for example, your assistant that you hire would help you with list polling, would help you, you know, push out your campaigns whether it's cold calling, texting and they would pre-qualify leads for you so that you're now able to give your all to these leads when they come in versus trying to derive and get your leads on your own. You definitely need to, to start with some type of structure and, and help, in my opinion, Yeah, depending on what you have going on. And I think also surrounding yourself with the right people, being an open book, open-minded, coachable. Like till this day, I'm always coachable. I always know there's more to learn. Oh yeah. yeah, just me having a conversation with you. I'm sure I could pick up many different things that I could be doing differently or ideas just in general. So I think going in open-minded and applying yourself, if you're starting out, I mean, even YouTube University is a great way to get you know preliminary information. Yeah, that's what I did too. I couldn't stop at the beginning. And yeah, you know, I already had a great foundation in real estate yep. from being a realtor, but at the same time, the investing space is an entirely different world. It's a different yeah, it's lane. a different ballgame for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So just applying yourself and gravitating towards learning and being coachable and going from there. Yeah. Yeah. I would say too, in addition to that, so Alex and I have our different like strengths and focuses and everything. And so I've typically been a lot more on the leading indicator front. He's been more of the lagging indicator front. I'm more on marketing. He's more on acquisitions. We kind of divided those roles as we grew. Okay. We both can perform each other's roles, but we both know like where we're best at. And so that being said, you know, just getting started, we, like I said before, we were in the texting marketing channel. That's what we had started in. And we've grown that to two texters per market and two markets that we're in individually. And I'm also doing it in six other markets with other people, other partners as well. But so what I can say to people just getting started from just like having the marketing sense of things, like 
you can't close a deal. You can't have a sale unless you know how to market, right? That's the foundation. So yes. you need to know how to do that. And so no sale matters if you can't get in front of the person to begin with. And so with that, a lot of people jump in and they're like, hey, should I do this? Should I do that? Maybe I'll do five things. Really, all you need is one thing. And if you know how to perfect it, that's all you need. And that's so right. That's good. With texting, I had a lot of squirrel brain in the beginning thinking I should do, you know, SEO website optimization and all this other and, and I was PC, some some mailers like band assigns. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But what I realized is like with my mastermind and other people that were that were digging into us, we needed to double down on texting and perfect it, right? Good. And so we we did that. We've done it for over two years and we've gotten really good at it. I've been able to help other people, you know, in different markets with it too as a result. And I'm really grateful that we, that we did that. And now we're just branching off to, you know, other marketing channels that other people can perfect for us because we now have the money to do that. You know what I mean? So I love it. Yeah. Talk to me about the data first, because, you know, you're only as good as like your leads, right? Like your, your efforts and your marketing is only as good as the data that you collect and scrubbing it, cleaning it. I know you can utilize VAs to be able to clean that and, and do a lot of that scrubbing for you. But what does that look like for somebody brand new getting started, trying to get that data? What, what kind of resources are you guys using? So I can tell you with, with data, it's, it's a beast that you can, you can <laughs> shortcut a lot or, or you can try to figure out how to do it yourself or you can figure out who to talk to to do it the right way. That's right. And I'd say who to talk to is a lot more painless. So we, we I don't know if I should call out certain data systems, but uh, we use, call them out, man. Whatever works for you. It's all good. So we used PropStream a yeah. lot and come to find out that was not a solid data source on yeah. multiple levels. And we also used batch leads for skip tracing and used it to source properties as well at certain times. Actually, is you know, there, I can't say anything bad about it, but I do know what's best and what's worked best for us and what's created the, the greatest results. And that's direct skip for data. And when we switched from prop stream to direct skip, our lead generation rate went up 300% just by switching to them. 300%. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It's yeah. like, that's ridiculous. That's but almost you, unfair of uh, the difference. It is. But the sick part about it is too, when you have a third of your, your leads coming in, you're like, think about it. When, when your data is that bad, you're wasting a third of everyone's time. You're wasting yeah. or two thirds of everyone's time, two thirds of everyone's money. You're getting like, more pissed off people on the phone that aren't happy, yeah. that aren't like your clients. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Yeah. And even then, like there, obviously, like you want you want to you want to have mechanisms for sorting the data and yes. and making all that that perfect as well. And so, the more you can build in those systems and get it dialed in, it's gonna it's gonna be good for you. What do you guys do? And I'm sure you utilize VAs to be able to clean it up or softwares and systems. Yeah, we use REI SIF to yeah. keep it in a neutral location and and run it all through there and make sure we're there's no redundancy and you know everything continues to make sense and then overall you're putting this into a big master list over time that you're just collecting stuff into 
if you know they're not getting canceled out or or removed and so forth right yeah rei sift is the, pretty much that master list and then they go into our texting platform as well and yeah and we filter back through that texting platform we communicate back to rei sift from there for all the wrong numbers and you know stuff like that so love it yeah that's good so talk to me how have you guys perfected the marketing channel for texting i don't think and, it's ever perfected it's always well, a yeah it's working you guys are getting what what is it like 18 or something we've perfected the art of perfecting it yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to never stop perfecting it that's good that's good that's um, that's the secret behind it <laughs> yeah so it's cool you know we've always in-house trained our texters and you know because we've done that I, I've, I've recently been able to offer them to other people as well in other markets but the oh, cool yeah. part is too we understand our own limits as well. And so like we've been able to team up with uh, our, our software supplier too, so that they can actually audit our accounts too and really give us feedback just because of you know the presence and the amount of texting we're doing and our volume, they've been willing to team up with us. And so we have bi-weekly meetings with them to audit our accounts and give feedback to texters as well. And so like there's multiple regards and I think in everything, something I continually realize is that your own biggest bottleneck. And so I know a lot about texting, how to do it, how to respond and, you know, how to make sure what to do automated, what to do manual and how to, how to respond to X, Y, and Z, but have someone else like an outside entity that has data across the entire country to give you feedback on it is amazing. So yeah, and just one more thing there also like for people just starting or newer to the business kpis tracking your numbers yes. if you don't know your numbers you really don't know how to evaluate your success other than obviously a dollar amount but you know knowing your kpis is vital through that and that's something that um, yeah. you know chris has been good at and i'm definitely you know a lot better at now as well as i fully look at them and understand them so at the beginning sure. i'd say whatever your kpis or your measurements are at least have some and then improve upon them and start understanding them and knowing your numbers because that's going to allow you to pull the levers a little bit make changes and see what's working and what isn't working and yeah. if you're going to someone you know maybe a coach for example let's just say you're coaching someone brandon and they're saying well here i am and you have they have nothing to give you it's really hard for you to establish a starting point to give them any type of constructive criticism or help yeah yeah so, you, you, you know, can't, the numbers play the story, right? So like when you see the KPIs, it tells the story. You can start breaking it down of where is the the hole? Like what what needs to be addressed to fix it? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Exactly. And so the KPIs for texting, the real, real big KPI that you need to know before anything, we have a, probably too much, too many KPIs, but we the big never one enough. <laughs> yeah, there's never enough. I need to know like every detail. The big, big one is text to lead and then lead yeah. to deal is really those two. What was the second? Text to lead and lead to deal. Technically, it's lead to contract. Yeah. And then you want to look at your fallout rate for that. And if that exists as well, which they it always exists for everyone. So, yeah. but yeah. I love it. So talk to me when it comes down to the marketing aspect for texting. What is the ROI that for every dollar you guys are putting in, what, what's coming back? It's been historically 5X. 5X. Okay. Sick. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Is there a minimum that you guys would be comfortable with? Or I guess not comfortable, but you know, more the merrier, yeah. but that, that's the, the bottom. 
Yeah, we'd be happy with 3x. Okay. Cool. Well, I don't I don't know if we'd be happy with 3x, but I hear we'd you. still we'd still keep the channel going with 3x. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And then what are you guys aiming for? Sky's uh, the limit, baby. Let's go. Sky's <laughs> return. Yeah. Sky's the limit, but it's hard for us to establish like a, you know, we could easily just be cliche and say 10x. I mean, obviously that's always lovely and great. Yeah, it sounds good, right? <laughs> just remain consistent with our 5x, which has been historic. And increase our deal flow yes. by increasing our marketing budget. I think that's what it would inevitably make us happy, more happy versus just home runs. Yes. At the same time, you know, with some home runs, it does give you, you know, better options for your exit strategy. So now that I mentioned before we started recording that Chris and I are starting to build our portfolio and, and start holding properties now, a deal that's a home run can give you, you know, a lot more opportunity at the cash out refinance, for example. You could assign it for a huge fee. So again, I think just increasing our volume at 5X, which is our historic number, I think is most ideal versus some far-fetched, you know, 10X or above return. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's also important for people to know that every marketing channel has a point of diminishing return. And yes. so we kind of figured that out for texting. And we cap at two textures per market as well. And we're pretty happy with that. And so Two textures. Okay. Yeah. Per market. Yeah. Per market. And so we're bolting on other marketing methods now as well. And because we know if you know if we start pulling a third and fourth texture, it's it's not gonna be good. We've kind of hit a ceiling on that. So which is fine. You know, and we're still turning, you know, <coughs> deals and stuff like that. You just keep bolting on. So And who are you guys using for texting? Well, our own VAs. Okay, uh, but like for launch controls. Launch, using launch control launch currently. Control. We yeah. used REI reply in the past some. Yeah. How was that? REI reply is good. It's, you know, I have nothing bad to say about it. It's a little more wild west. I would not call it TCPA compliant. And the cost control isn't as good because it links directly to Twilio. And basically every send or receive, you get billed for every single one instead of a plan-based approach. So I like that a lot more as well. Yeah, talk to me about the learning curves because you know when it comes down to being compliant, especially when you're texting or whatever. I know there's horror stories out there that we've even heard about when we were in the in the mastermind group together. But you know, there's some negative people out there that if you come across them from going hard on the texting, that they'll try playing games to try to come up on a quick buck on you. How do you avoid those suckers? or just trying to stay compliant to not be in violation of that? So individually sending texts, so you can't send bulk campaigns without someone previously opting in to okay. those campaigns. And so RR Reply sends those bulk campaigns. Everybody still use it and it works out fine, but Launch Control is a system where you're individually sending text messages, just like I'm picking up the phone and texting some random person. There's nothing that doesn't allow me to do that. And uh, technically, you're not solicitating, like you're not selling them anything. You're actually looking to purchase. You're trying to give exactly. them money, right? Yep. That's the yep. big difference. Yep. You're not looking to make a sale. You're actually looking to give them money at the end of the day, not take someone's money. So that yeah. it's a big difference from... It's a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And anybody doing this, like you need to know your rights. You need to know any little games that any of these people might try to throw against you. Do you guys do role play or anything with your 
VAs or, or any other employees to try to mitigate any of this type of stuff? We do that some, but mainly we just market ourselves as properly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't advertise explicit information yeah. right off the bat because there's there's litigators out there, there's disguised litigators out there. Yeah, that just might make your life a living hell without there even being anything wrong with what you're doing. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you set yourself up for success in the start, <laughs> then you'll be all right in the long run, which is obviously the smart way to go. Any other learning curves that like it was a big smack to the face and you're like, dude, I'm not doing this again that the listeners could learn from? We, we, I'll, I'll share a big win, a big success that kind of gave us both a big learning curve as well. So okay. for the last year or so, as you might know, Brandon, you know, everyone was hot and heavy on the hedge funds and that's fallen off some quite a bit. Yep. The recent times people aren't buying in certain territories, their buy box has shifted yep. or they're no longer buying altogether. But so for a while, when we're hearing about all this success from, you know, some of our colleagues with hedge funds, we did our first hedge fund deal. And it was a little different in which you have to, you renovate the property and manage it for them. Yes. Uh, you renovate it to their specifications, if you will. And I mean, they came back with everything like, oh, there's a little paint splatter here. They're bastards. Like something yeah, with a most, new AC, just a couple years old, they're like, replace it, right? Like stupid stuff. Yeah. So the, yeah. that was a big learning curve. Again, it was a big victory and a big win because we stayed positive and saw it through to the end. But there was definitely moments throughout that process where we're like, shit, are we ever going to get this to the finish line? If not, this looks very different for us. And we're kind of caught with our pants down because we went above and beyond our renovation standards that what was necessary yeah. to appease their specifications. So if they didn't perform, we would have really been caught with our pants down. So I think that was the most pivotal time in our company yeah. Because we were both a little stressed. We didn't necessarily wear it on our shoulders, but there was a little edge in both of our attitudes, if you will, just because sure. I think we were both feeling it. Nevertheless, it all panned out and it was a six-figure deal. So it was something that we're really proud of. But, you know, we definitely would go in with, you know, dipping our toes in the sand moving forward with hedge funds. But again, there's been a lot of shifts with them in the recent yeah. months anyways. So one thing I can share to the listeners here is you always need to be able to pivot. So you were talking about being compliant with texting. Well, there's things they've been saying for over a year now that you know people aren't compliant and texting is going away and here we are still doing it. So yeah. obviously you need to put effort into being compliant, but you also need to put more effort in mind into being aware of possible pivots. Just like in the market we're in today, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns. Yep. And I look at it as, yeah, I don't know everything, but I look at it as an opportunity. I think more millionaires are going to be made in the next five years, you know, than there have been in the last decades. I think this is a great opportunity and it's just about being open-minded. Again, surrounding yourself with the right people yep. and being able to pivot and adjust to whatever is happening. So, you know, kind of having tunnel vision on all the different opportunities and being really creative. Speaking of creative finance, I think will be another thing that obviously we're all learning that can be an amazing tool uh, when the market we're, we're in and entering, seemingly oh, yeah. entering. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, like with that first example that you gave, it was a big learning curve, but one that ended up panning out and, and bless you guys. The market has shifted at this point and a lot of these hedge funds are either not buying, totally changing up, backing out, whatever it may be. We've heard of other 
people even at our table that in similar situations got caught with their pants down, unfortunately didn't pan out with them with the hedge fund ended up backing out of their deal. So you don't want to find yourself in one of those situations that you're compromising what you like you're you're exposing yourself and kind of getting drawled out of your your yeah. lane, right? Yeah, I think you need to control the controllables, you know. So yeah. like obviously when you're dealing with the hedge fund and doing the renovations, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. We're so much out of our control that sure. we were actually dependent on them to perform. So and that's just, that's a scary spot. That's a vulnerable spot yeah. when it's out of your control and it's like, well shit, now now we need them to perform or else now we're going to take a loss. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can, you know, obviously some things are out of our control and that's one thing in life that you need to accept even if it's hard. If it's out of your control and you did everything you could, then that's great. Yeah. But being mindful of how many different situations you put yourself in, yeah, where situations are out of your control. It's inevitable that it's going to happen. But you just want to be mindful. It's just like diversifying your assets, sure. for example. You need to be mindful of what you're doing. Same rule applies here. You know, just so put yourself where you're in control. So for example, I raise private equity and I'm also private equity for Chris and I. Yeah. So I'd rather pay myself or a family or friend than a hard money lender. And now I'm controlling the transaction with my own funds. So not only do I feel like I have more breathing room, but I'm paying myself yeah. on a deal that's benefiting our company does. Yep. That's something about kind of an example of controlling your controllables. And it shows your trust too. Like you care about your business, you know, you're going to succeed with it. I want to put my money in my own bank into our business, right? A hundred percent. Like I've always been a real estate guy. Real estate is my language. I understand yep. it. It makes sense to me. Cryptocurrency. Again, I think people can make a lot of money with it, not knocking it in any way, shape or form. Um, I've invested in crypto. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm mindful about how much I put in yeah. just like the stock market. I know it's something you need to do. I'm a believer in the stock market, but it's not my language. So like yeah. real estate is something that I understand and I'd rather put many more of my eggs in that basket than diversifying, uh, you know, across some of those other, those other. Uh, well, it's tried and true, right? Like it, it's, it, it showed the platform it's working out. It's a physical asset. We can see touch tangible. feel. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. always a good thing. Right. I also want to congratulate you guys once again for diversifying like you guys are talking about. Like I believe the other day, right? You just closed on your first buy and hold that you're going to start taking more of these properties and and building out the rental portfolio. There's nothing better than that. You know, once you start stacking up and eventually getting to a real safety net, that money's coming in regardless whether you, you know, the business, the market that we're in or whatever each and every month, it's going to be a huge blessing. And then eventually turning yourself even more into the bank to fund other and, you know, and diversify even more. That's what it's all about. So congratulations to you guys. Once again, talk to me like final thoughts on the market. Have you guys seen an impact in your area the last couple of months? And where do you, you know, thoughts on uh, where we're heading? Yeah, I'll definitely. Speak, I was going to say, I'll let you speak to that because you're on acquisitions. Yeah. So. yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I think things have seemingly a little slow through our texting platform, if you will, or vertical. It's just slower than they were in previous times. But at the same time, with all the shifts going on, all the uncertainty, just everything going on in the fear. marketplace. Yeah, the fear. I mean, there's so much fear. Yeah, there's that... a lot of there's a lot of fear. There's just a lot of unknowns. So yep. sellers have been riding this high wave for the last <laughs> two years where they're just like have these expectations up here where I think 
slowly they're starting to kind of come back down to reality. Sure. And, and from there, so I do think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. We're underwriting things just a little differently. So, you know, we're, if the ARV was 300, we might, you know, deduct 5% from that and run the ARV there just to give a little gray area, a little wiggle room. Fix and flips, we're just being a little more mindful of like, we're more into like a cosmetic renovation if we're going to do a fix and flip versus taking something down to the studs real deep and heavy that's a longer period of time so quicker in and outs and i think if you evaluate a deal no matter what market you're in and you evaluate it and for example a buy and hold and it cash flows or it hits your numbers and, and your check you know your buy box all the numbers check out today with where interest rates are there it's only going to make sense tomorrow rents yeah. are always going to go up so if it makes sense today it will make sense tomorrow. That's kind of a rule of thumb that Chris and I have when it comes to our buy box on assets to hold. Um, so, so Alex, you're telling me you're not curling up in a ball right now and scared with like your thumb in your mouth. You're not, you're not scared right now of what's going on and you're still taking territory. Cash I mean, flow is cash flow. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it, baby. You we're know, there's so to... many, it's adjusting the numbers, like you said, right? Like the market is what the market is, adjust, but you know, there's no reason to take a step back or, or sit on the sidelines. And there's so many people right now that are sitting on the sidelines and it's, it's outrageous. There's going to be mega millionaires that are going to be made in the next few years, like you mentioned. And it comes down to simply adjusting the numbers slightly to really step up to the plate and make sure that you have a, a little extra buffer. But besides that, real estate is real estate. Getting more rental properties on your portfolio. People always need a place to People always need a, a roof over their head, some clothes and food, right? So if you're in any of those, you're going to do all right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And to dissect that example a little more, like people are freaking out that interest rates are high. I'm one of them. I'm like, damn, well, interest rates were just three. Now we're at six and you know, that yeah. kind of sucks. But again, to my point before, if the numbers make sense today, they're only going to make sense tomorrow because you lock that rate in. And yeah. if things change, inflation's under control. It's just a matter of time before rates come down at some point, it could be a few years, but if that happens, then you can refinance and look at your numbers and then sure. your monthly mortgage is less than it is today. So again, that remains true. If it makes sense today, it will make sense tomorrow. You know, I feel like people have gotten entitled the last couple of years. Like we've had the lowest interest rates in history for the last, you know, five, six years at this point. And it, it's just crazy. It's mind blowing. So at 6%, Yes, there's going to be people that that can't afford at this point, but maybe they should. They're too much on the edge anyway. And yeah. yes, you're going to have to pay more for it. And when the numbers are out here in San Diego, it's like it's all a million dollars plus. So that's an extra thousand dollars per interest rate. I mean, it adds up. But oh, yeah. at the end of the day, man, it, it's like get the deal now because if the interest rates don't go down and they only start going up more then what are you going to do? You're going to be kicking yourself in the, in the shins like, dang, I really wish I would have got it. You know, right now you want it at the three again, but if you don't get in at the six, what happens when it's at the nine or 12 or, or like 20 back in the nineties, you know? Yeah. The, the funny part is you, you said uh, people are feel entitled, but that's yep. just, that's not only with buyers too. That's also, we've seen that a lot with sellers. Like there's yeah. sellers that are calling us after, 20 days listed on the MLS because they're, they're freaking out, you know, or they know something's off. And really, I mean, that's not off, but it's off compared to the last couple of years. 
Yeah, and when so, it was selling in two to three days and they're like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> getting, exactly. Yeah. And so there's there's people also coming out of the woodworks for our letters of intent that we've been yep. sending out to them like eight, nine, ten months ago that didn't previously. And yeah. so it's just interesting to see how all that's you just just cycling up to full circle that. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we have interesting times ahead and I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. Chris and I are, you know, looking to uh, turn it up a notch. So yeah. that's that's what will happen. We both, since you were talking about passive assets, Chris and I both have a common goal for ourselves and our families for yeah. a passive, you know, you know, goal, if you will. And it's just a matter of when we get there. It's not if, it's just when. So we just yeah. have to keep putting the work in and, and make it happen. Yeah, see, that's what I love about you guys mindset, the partnership overall, just like we were talking in the very beginning about partnerships, it really comes down to the character, the man, the individual who you guys are, the boldness, the, you know, you're not going to back down from a good fight type of thing. You guys are excited about what's coming in the near future. And you're doing it for your families, you're doing it for yourself, for your freedom, for your time, for your finances, and to really inspire and help other people, right? So that's like real estate, especially when you're in wholesaling, it's like, you're solving so many people's problems. And unfortunately, you guys have to be the front end to be like, hear all the people cussing out on the phone or whatever it, it may be that could definitely put a damper in your day, you know? But that's why you get the little extra cushion versus like, I've paid people 50K on wholesaling assignment fees because I'm like, dude, God bless you for, for picking up the phone or building the systems in place. I'll just do the fix and flip or I'll bur it if the number still makes sense with me send it over my way. I'll pay you whatever you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're on the other end. If we don't have to lift a finger, that's great, but we will, we will. Yeah. No, and I, yeah, I respect it. that. I do. I appreciate your guys, your roles. I, I respect you so much for what you guys have accomplished in such a short period of time. And obviously it comes down to investing in yourself and, and really giving a damn for something bigger and better and not settling for less and, and really like, going all in on this. So kudos to you guys. It's appreciate just beginning, it, dude. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate that. All right, fellas. How can people get a hold of you? I don't want to take up too much more of your time. You already gave an hour of your time. I just want to say thank you. How can people get a hold of you? And because you've already given an hour of your time, what can myself or the listeners do to give back to you guys? Facebook, Alex Mudaresi is probably in Brandon's profile. I'm very poor on social media. My guy, Chris, will give you a lot more excitement. But if any of you have questions, I'm happy to be a resource and answer anything, help in any way I can. Firm believer of giving back. So happy to help. On Instagram, I'm at AlexMoto86. So Alex, M-O-D-O 86. That's my Instagram handle. Cool. So Instagram, the Chris Cates and social media, just search Christopher Ryan Cates. And I also have a Facebook group. It's called Real Estate Investing Marketing Makers. And so I suggest joining that plan to keep delivering, you know, a lot of good content and different marketing aspects for, for people to be successful. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. What can we do to give back to you guys? Good question. <laughs> what do you think, Alex? I think you just, you just asked, you know, you said join the group, you know, and you, you'd appreciate people joining that REI. Uh, yeah. makers group so i think that's awesome and just yeah give us a follow well there's no um, selfish or, plug there that's that's really an atmosphere where you got like the listeners can jump in to really soak up even more but i appreciate your guys hearts and you guys are just gangsters in the space honest to god like really proud of both of you so keep doing it 
and excited to see in the next year or two what you guys turn this business into the partnership and more rentals and uh, just so so much more we'll have to have you guys back yeah definitely i'll see you december in uh, san diego for uh, let's go order yeah let's go baby oh yeah all right guys well i appreciate you guys so much guys if you want to connect with me you can always do so on instagram it's brandon elliott investments otherwise facebook.com forward slash brandon elliott investor if you're looking for any credit repair done for you services check out creditrepairmobile.com Otherwise, if you're really looking to get educated on what we're doing in Credit Council Elite by really showing you the four-step process, educate, fix, build, leverage, understanding exactly how to flip the script on the banks and fix credit faster than anyone in the industry, build up massive lines. I'm talking half a million to a million dollars plus in credit lines from these banks at 0% interest and then being able to leverage it like purchasing real estate like we have with credit cards starting new businesses, Turo, Ecom, whatever it may be, whatever your goals are and dreams, if you are getting capped out because of funding and the lack of it, then let me show you how to flip the script on the banks. Check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. You'll be able to watch a live webinar and be able to book a free consultation call with us to see if it's a good fit and if we can best serve you. We'd love to do so. Otherwise, if you haven't already, subscribe to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. You'll get the newest video, the newest content, the newest podcast every single Monday. After listening to an episode or two, you know what to do. Leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love, feedback. Sharing this is caring. And we will see you guys next time. God bless. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.